Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, close all the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up in the head. That's it. At the 30. Derrick Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's going. Derrick Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons coming. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. It is creamsicle week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is also creamsicle week for us here on the Cannon Fire Podcast as we have got a couple of special guests to help us break down week six game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions. I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. Joining us today from the Believe in Lions podcast, we are honored to be joined by Jack Cavanaugh and 10-year NFL vet, Glover Quinn, former Lions defensive back. You know, here we are, finally week six in the NFL season. Seems like just yesterday we were talking about how happy we are that the season is back. But not only do we get to see these two teams play each other for the first time in a couple of years, but it seems like the first time in over 20 years that we have seen the Bucs and the Lions face off to where both teams are pleasantly playing above expectations, right? It's been a pretty long time uh, since we have seen the Bucs and the Lions both come into this game as winners. But Longtime foes in the NFC Central. The division changes. The Buccaneers move on from the creamsicle uniform, but luckily they get to bring that back out this weekend. So with both teams playing above expectations, I wanted to toss this first question over to you, Jack. You know, coming into this, the Lions have been playing above expectations, honestly, ever since Dan Campbell came to town. He has made quite the contender with that team, and they have made a lot of noise in the NFC North division. And for the Bucs, they're coming into this looking to win a statement game as they start 3-1, and one, which not a lot of people pick them to do, but they're just looking to prove that they're not pretenders in the post-Tom Brady era is what we like to call it around here. So, so what are your thoughts coming into a very anticipated matchup this week for both teams? I think this is going to be a good game. The Bucs are a quality team, but I still think that the Lions are a legit contender. Lions are up here and the Bucs are kind of in the middle of the pack with the, the good, not great teams. And so I do expect the Lions to come out swinging. I do expect the Buccaneers to give them a test, a run from their money. It's going to be tougher than beating up on the Packers, beating up on the Panthers. But I still think that this is a Lions W. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when you look at it, uh, Lions, you know, open the season by making a statement, right? Going into Kansas City, Kansas City is raising the banner and you beat that team. Um, a really, really big statement there. And really, and then the Lions have taken off since then, right? It was, they lost a close game to Seattle, a really entertaining game. Um but uh, they, they lost a close game and then obviously dominating the Panthers last week. So, yeah, I do think, just like you said, Jack, I think it's going to be, I think a, a test for, you said it was going to be a test for the Lions. I think it's going to be a test for the Buccaneers. Uh, I think uh, the Buccaneers, obviously, they, they played the Eagles week three. 
Uh, but I think this is probably the second best team that they have on their schedule so far. So uh, the Lions run defense has been good. The Lions running game, they like to pound the ball with David Montgomery. He's been really good. Uh, and Jared Goff's been playing great football. So I, I do think this is going to be a pretty big challenge for the Bucks, And I do expect a pretty good game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I want to say, and I guess I'll be a little, I don't want to say controversial, but I don't think that the Lions are playing above expectations. I think the Lions are playing exactly how we expected them to play, at least within the Lions organization and the Lions fan base. They're performing at a high level, but I think we expected them to perform at a high level based off of how they finished off last year. You know, the offseason that they had, the, the feeling that we had. This is the feeling that we had for the Lions going into last year, and they didn't start out playing like this they started out one and five one and six and now i think they're playing at the level that we expect it's just a high level and uh i think in the past you may not be used to or you know the lines playing it like this at least on a national stage but i think in the lines community this is what we expected and they're doing it i think the bucks on the other hand are playing higher than we expected because we didn't know what it would be like after the Tom Brady era. And so for Baker Mayfield to come in and to, you know, get this team off to the start that they are, I think they are playing and performing probably higher than we expected. Um, but I think this is going to be a good competitive game. I think the Bucs are play tough. I think they got a good defense um, offensively. You know, anytime you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, those two guys can can really, you know, take over a game with Baker Mayfield long as he don't turn the ball over he make good decisions like he's been doing and you know keep let let the defense help them out i think they could stick around in this game and then you just never know what happens you know when you play in a close game i think the lions are a better team but we're also going on the road and and you just never know how it's going to shake out so i think this would be a very good competitive nfc game early in the season jack when you look at what the lions have put on the field so far this season how are they winning these games? Because when we talk about the Bucks every single week, you know, uh, they aren't the high-flying offense that Tom Brady was throwing 45 touchdowns in a couple of years ago, but there's obviously a lot of elements, a lot of the same playmakers from that offense still on the team, and they are being effective. But the Bucks are winning a lot of these games by just playing suffocating defense with a unit that has been together for a while under, under Todd Bowles' direction. And then good ball control football. You know, it, it kind of varies week to week. You're not always going to have Baker airing it out because that's not always an option. In some weeks, you have him air it out maybe more than you're comfortable with because the Bucks have shown us that the run game isn't always going to be able to get it done by itself. So when you look at the Lions and, and the kind of team that they are coming into this game, what do you see as some of their biggest strengths? Well, they're kind of just winning across the board. The defense has been pretty suffocating. They hold Patrick Mahomes to just 20 points. Eh, they have that little mishap against the Seahawks, but the Lions just can't beat the Seahawks. I don't know what it is. It's just one of those teams. Outside of that, though, they shut down the Panthers. They shut down the Packers. The Lions are winning on defense, which is something we haven't seen for quite a while since Glover was there, probably. And then on offense, it's just what we saw last year. They have the explosive plays. They have the ability to go for 20-plus yards on a shot to Josh Reynolds. Or they can just work away at you. Sam Laporta can get underneath. Amon Ross St. Brown can get underneath and just move the chains. And then also the punishing run game. So it's just whatever facet you want to point line, the run game, the pass game, 
I think, but when you look at this offense, um, you know, you, you mentioned, say, say, uh, of course, uh, the, the rookie tight end, Sam Laporta, uh, really, really been a bright spot for the Lions offense here. And uh, what has his impact been uh, from your perspective, Jack? Uh, because obviously the Lions moved on from TJ Hawkinson, was a really good tight end for them. They moved on from him and then they found a seamless transition right here to the rookie. Yeah, he's been even better than I expected. I liked Sam Laporta, but like everyone else, you know, tight ends usually take some time to develop. It's very rare that they get off running. And Sam Laporta just goes and exceeds all expectations. As a starter from day one, he gets it done in the run game blocking. He's got some room to improve there, but as a receiver, he has just done everything the Lions have asked. He's breaking tackles, catching touchdowns, going for first down. So very impressed what we've seen from Sam Laporta. I always thought he could become this player. I just didn't think it would be immediate. Glover, I wanted to get your thoughts as we get a little more into this game preview. Wanted to open up and talk about some more of that Lions offense, but more so what their approach is going to be for this Buccaneers defense. You know, Todd Bowles has a history of being a blitz-happy guy. He's maybe dialed that back a little bit, but, you know, aside from week one, the Bucs have been a team this year that have done a pretty good job of shutting down the passing game for some of their opponents making them one-dimensional, and then obviously the defense able to uh, create some more turnovers there on the back end. But when you look at what Bowles and the Bucks bring to the table, a lot of talent as well. Antoine Winfield Jr. playing incredibly well. Christian Isian, the unsigned free agent, um, who, who's making his way up the depth chart as well. Zion McCollum, you know, second-year corner who's been playing incredibly well. But Todd Bowles has shown he's not going to be afraid to send any of those guys at the quarterback, maybe some more. So, so what are your thoughts of, of what they bring to the table? Well, I mean, I think the Lions do a great job of, for one, staying balanced, but they also do a great job of, you know, sticking to who they are and what they like to do and and executing at a high level. And we've seen them be a ground and pound team and 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 run behind David Montgomery and that O-line and, and control the game. We've seen Jared Goff had to air it out and win that way. I mean, they're going to do it however they need. If, if it's screen game, you know, if they're blitzing, and we got to get the ball out of our hands quickly. We got guys that can can you know execute the screen game at a high level. You know, if Sam Laporta, I th- I think I saw that he didn't miss he didn't practice yesterday um, for some reason. But if he's ready to go, he's gonna be a guy. Anytime you can get the ball out your hand quickly, you're gonna you're gonna stop them from blitzing as much because the blitz is not gonna get there. I remember when we used to play uh, New England with Tom Brady. That's what Bill Belichick would do to slow down our rush is throw quick passes, quick screens, and all things like that. So you think you look at the screen game, you look at the run game, and you know if they're getting a lot of one-on-one situations on the outside, they'll go to some kind of protection and take those shots to Jamison Williams being back. You got J- Josh Reynolds out there. So I think they have a plethora of weapons and a plethora of ways that they can attack you depending on what you're giving up and what you're showing that you're going to have as your game plan. I think that's how they attack them on on Sunday. Uh, Where do you think the Buccaneers strength is on defense? Uh, And, you know, personally, you know, you say with the, with the, with, you know, the quick screen game, you say Alliance want to remain balanced. How would you personally go about attacking this Buccaneers defense? Obviously Vita Vea right there in the middle. Uh, They got two great linebackers, but how would you go about uh, attacking this Bucs defense? Well, I think, you know, on, from from history, you would probably say you got to attack the secondary. You know, the D-line and the linebackers, they have, you know, been good 
for a while in Tampa. They've played at a high level. Um, those guys, I mean, I've liked their linebackers for a while. You know, I know um, I remember Levante David long time. You know, he's been doing its thing. So I, I, I feel like that's the strength and the identity of that defense has been the linebacker crew and then the line. And then you look at the secondary, they're young. Although Antoine Winfield is playing really good, they have some other young pieces in the secondary. So I would assume if you're going to have to just attack them, you probably want to get to the secondary. But the best way to do that is you got to keep them off balance. So you got to stick to the run game as much as you can. You got to get the tight ends involved. You got to get them off balance. Otherwise, the secondary is going to play like some veterans out there. And so – it's an ultimate team game. And so as long as the Lions defense can hold Tampa Bay down offensively to where they don't have to go away from the run game, as long as you can stay in your run game, the longer you can stay there, it just makes it even better for you. You don't have to get one-sided. So the Lions defense got to do a great job of containing Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And then I think that allow the Lions to be able to pick and choose who they want to attack and how they want to attack offensively based on what they have to do. Yeah. And, and you talked about the importance of the run game, especially in, you know, just a ball control style of offense for the bucks. I, I talk about this stout defense and I do have a lot of confidence in this defense to be better than most people expected them to be all year. Cause I think they were even in 2022, like they, they were, they were unfortunately let down by an offense that couldn't score very many points. So this year you add a little bit of creativity, to the offense, and you have a defense that can force takeaways it's going to do you a lot of favors in the long in the long run. But I do still question this run defense for Tampa Bay. And I, I did do a little research. I was listening to your guys' show, and I've heard this talked about among some other Bucks pods as well. But when you look at what this run game has done, week one, they shut down Alexander Madison and the Vikings. But Alexander Madison has proven that he's, he's not really a revolutionary running back so far this season. Uh, week two, you got the Bears. The Bears were still just absolutely brutal. Uh, week three, you get a legitimate run threat. Maybe the best running team in all of football right now next to like Miami. You get the Eagles that come to town and DeAndre Swift puts up damn near 200 yards on you. So uh, week four, you do get the Saints, which, you know, kind of like the Lions and the Seahawks has always been a pretty tough game for the Bucks, but they have seemingly, you know, shaken that feeling and they have beaten the Saints three times in a row. But for the first time in franchise history, but in that game, Alvin Kamara makes his return. He does get a lot of touches, but he doesn't do very much. But again, this is a guy who hasn't played at all this season. So he's still kind of a question mark in that Saints offense that isn't doing very much with Derek Carr. So with that being said, looking at another legitimate run threat like Detroit has, David Montgomery playing some incredible football and uh, Jared Goff. I mean, what more can I say about him? I know he doesn't get involved in the run game very much, but he's playing some of the best ball of his career. Jack, when you look at the run game in particular, you know, do you think Detroit is is going to stay stubborn and stay committed this week? Well, we got to give credit to Jared Goff. He did score two rushing touchdowns this season so far. He's got I'm just kidding. He does not have the wheels. He's got the wheels on him, man. If you saw him try to jump into the stands after he does not have the wheels. But as for the run game in general, they just do so many different things. They're willing to run zone concepts. They'll do the inside zone, the outside zone. They're willing to run man concepts or they'll run power. They'll run counter. So they'll just do everything. And for that reason, I think that the Lions will stick to the running the football. They love to see David Montgomery break a couple tackles, get into the open field and hopefully take on some of those secondary members. So I don't see them getting away from it unless 
they get down. And if they get down, I will be quite surprised because it would have to be a, a 14 plus lead for the Buccaneers. And I just don't see that getting out of hand either way that early. So I think the Lions will stick to the run game, mix in some passing game, keep the play action game going. So a little bit of everything from the Lions this week. And, and and I would chime in from just a sort of defensive game plan perspective, and you can kind of look at the games that you mentioned that Tampa has played. A lot of times going into a game, you have certain things that you absolutely want to try to control, right? So every defense is going to say we got to stop the run, right? But unless you just have four legit D linemen that can stop the run, Sometimes you have to uh, use other methods to make sure that we stop the run, right? Then you play against some teams. We used to play against Green Bay or Peyton Man and these guys. It's like, all right, we can't let these guys beat us, right? If they run the ball, that's okay, but we can't do that. So when you look at that Eagles game, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Tampa Bay could have been in a, hey, we're not going to let Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith beat us. We'll give up rushing yards to DeAndre Swift and yada, yada, yada. And it came back to bite them. Obviously, you're giving up a lot of yards rushing. They just control the game. But everybody else, they've kind of not had great receiving threats outside of Minnesota. And so depending on how they look at the lines, they may say, hey, you know what? We need to make sure that we can keep, you know, Josh Reynolds down. Jamison Williamson can't beat us over the top. Normally, Todd Bowles don't like ball going over the top of their head. So maybe they look at it that way, and then that opens up more for the run game. And if that happens, I mean, it'll be kind of like the Eagles game. But if they come in and sell out on stopping the run, I think they got good enough guys on defense that they can slow the run down, but the Lions won't have to leave it unless Tampa Bay can score points on them. Obviously, you know, we're talking about the defense. I wanted to flip it over to the Lions defense because I think this is a really improved unit from from a year ago. Uh, There was times where the Lions struggled last year, and now, just like you mentioned, uh, they go into Green Bay, they dominate that game, they hold Mahomes to under 20 points in Kansas City. So, I mean, guys like Brian Branch are making a a big impact. I don't know how he lasted to the second round. He's a great football player. But, uh, you know, Jack, when when you look at this Lions defense, what stands out to you the most, and how do you think they're going to fare on Sunday? It's got to be the depth because Brian Branch goes down. He doesn't play last week and Will Harris steps up and has one of the best games of his career. And he's someone that Lions fans have complained about over the past couple of years and just has a career day and other injuries go down too. you know, we have Josh Pascal go down and the pass rush is still fine. James Houston goes down. Pass rush is still fine. So this is a deep Detroit Lions defense that is just going to keep coming at you in waves. And then, of course, you got Aiden Hutchinson absolutely relentless that makes life a lot harder for the quarterbacks other than geno smith who had life too easy but other than that the pressure is getting to them now we're starting to see some turnovers in the secondary we're starting to see some interceptions from jerry jacobs so i think this lions defense if i had to describe them it's just deep and relentless they just keep coming at you with everything and every one that they have I don't know if you heard what uh, Buccaneers right tackle Luke Gettich had to say about facing Aiden Hutchinson this week, but if you haven't, then I'll regret telling you. 
Um, he basically said, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the exact quote, so forgive me for that, but he basically said that he thought Cam Jordan was better and he already played Daniel Hunter this season. So uh, he thinks he should be okay, is, is what he said. He did kind of rank them in that order. I think he said, I've already played Daniel Hunter, which is probably the strongest guy I was looking to uh, in this first six-game week or six-game stretch here. And then Cam Jordan, Aiden Hutchinson right under that. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know if the Lions are one of those teams that are always looking for more fuel to add to the fire, you know, from the outside media. A lot of teams have been doing that lately. But uh, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I know we just covered your thoughts on the defense, but really coming into this game, what are some more things on the defensive side of the ball that you think the Lions are are going to have to to do their best on. I see Glover smiling there. I am surprised that Luke Godeki Godekideki. I can never pronounce his name. I'm surprised that he was willing to say that. That is some bulletin board material that he's putting out there. We were too. Trust me. That's why. That's why I brought it up because I haven't heard any Lions fans' opinions on it. I don't know if I don't know if they're aware. No, that flew right under the radar for me. I that what do you think about that, Clover? That's a uh, bold move by a second year right tackle. Yeah, I mean, you know, people talk, people have to do certain things to uh, get themselves going. You know, I think, like you said, at the end of the day, when you look at the guys that he named off, Cam Jordan, he's a he's a veteran guy. He knows how to play the game. I understand that. Daniel Hunter, he's a veteran guy had some problems, kind of wanted to get out of Minnesota, yada, yada, yada. They don't seem to be too motivated in Minnesota right now. He hasn't played uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who's going to go 100 miles per hour every single play. Daniel Hunter is not going 100 miles per hour every single play. I've watched him. I've seen him play in person a lot of times. He's not doing that. Cam Jordan, great player. He's not going 100 miles per hour every single play. Aiden Hutchinson is going 100 miles per hour every single play. So there's a difference. There's a difference in someone that's super strong, and it's a difference in someone that's strong and they're fast, and they're going to come at you every single play. So, yeah, you may can keep him under wraps in the first half, but if you look at a lot of Aiden Hutchinson's games, in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, you see him coming up with sacks or big plays or whatever because he's relentless, like Jack said, and he's going to go all game. So I think that's a bold statement, but sometimes people have to say stuff to get to hype themselves up, and sometimes people say stuff to put put more pressure on themselves to perform. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you make a statement like that, now you got to prepare at a high level. You got to be ready to go, and maybe he got to do that to psych himself up and say, hey, I'm a second-year guy just like he's a second-year guy. I'm going to show him who I am. And he got the right to say it. Now you just got to go back it up. Yeah, we talk week to week about this Buccaneers offensive line and and some of the defensive fronts they've already played. You know, uh, the University of Philadelphia Bulldogs came to town. That was probably the toughest defensive line they've had to play. But you talk about the playmakers in Minnesota, New Orleans, even though they're getting a little bit older, that core group of players is still special. And they've given the Bucs problems for years this Bucks offensive line, you know, Luke Gedeke, we have said in a lot of our Bucks circles how much he has improved since year one. And that's been his biggest talking point so far this year. So a lot of pressure for him taking over at right tackle for Tristan Wirfs, who jumped over to the left side. But Luke Gedeke at right tackle is twice the player uh, that Luke Gedeke at left guard was in his rookie season last year. He played so bad, the Bucks had to bench him. So bulletin board material, we all love it. 
uh, anything to build excitement for the game that clearly all of us are excited for. The NFL so excited they move it to the 425 time slot. Going to get a lot more eyes on this football game, which again is exciting to talk about because of these two teams currently playing winning football. Evan, I think I cut you off there. Were you about to say something? Yeah, no. So I, I just wanted to sort of, you know, flip the perspective a little bit here. I asked Glover, you know, how he would attack the Buccaneers defense. Now I want to ask Jack, if you're the Bucs offensive coordinator, if you're Dave Canales right now and you're looking at this Detroit Lions defense, how would you try and be successful against the Lions defense? What would you say? We talked about their biggest strengths. What would you say is probably the biggest weakness for this Lions defense right now? Biggest weakness is probably going to be covering a guy like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at the same time. I don't know if there's a true actual weakness in this defense, but against the Seattle Seahawks, we saw it where DK Metcalf had an okay day, but Tyler Lockett just shredded them over and over and over again. So I'm mostly interested to see how they adjust that because at that time they weren't rushing Geno Smith to get sacks. They were rushing him to contain, which didn't lead to a lot of pressures and allowed Geno Smith to make off script plays. So that's where I'm interested to see them attack them. As for a weakness, I don't know if there is one. The run defense has been outstanding for the Lions. The linebacking core for the Lions has been much improved. Jack Campbell, the rookie, has isn't even a full-time starter yet. So in terms of an actual weakness, I don't know, but I think that's it's got to be Mike Evans and Chris Godwin getting going because with the interior of this Bucks offensive line versus the Lions run defense, I don't see them getting much movement. You know, the big wild card for me this week as far as what the Bucks are going to do on offense is how committed they're going to stay to the run. Uh, I was asking you about the Lions run game and how they want to stay stubborn with it a couple of weeks ago because Dave Canales said... I'm sorry, Dave Canales said a couple of weeks ago that the Bucs are going to be, quote, stubborn with the run game. And, you know, we've learned that Rashad White maybe doesn't have what it takes to be a three down back as of right now. And the Bucs lost Chase Edmonds to IR, who was their running back, too. So now they have undrafted free agent Sean Tucker and Keyshawn Vaughn, who seem to be switching snaps with each other each week. So you're not really sure who the Bucs are going to roll out week to week. But this is a good run defense, as you brought up. So... Uh, Again, I'm curious to see what kind of success, if any, the Bucs are going to have in that first half trying to run the football because, like, they are going to try and run the football. I don't know what it is. Uh, this is the first time in a decade and a half that I think we could consider the Bucs a run-first team, and that's just more so a mentality than, like, a personnel kind of thing. But I'm curious to see what they try to do throughout that game and how much success they have. Now, you did talk about you know, the presence of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans spent a lot of this week on the injury report, was able to practice today. Todd Bowles says he's a full go, said he was full go at practice today. So a guy like Mike Evans being a 10-plus year vet, he's obviously going to go out there and try and get some work in. But wanted to get your opinion on Baker Mayfield, too, because Dave Canales coming in had that reputation for his work with Geno Smith in Seattle. And Baker has had a turnaround season, but he's not slinging the rock nearly as much as he was asked to in Cleveland, I would say. I think the Bucs have been a little bit smarter with their offensive approach and their offensive pass game than they were with Byron Leftwich the last couple of years because back then they could just out-talent you. But when you look at what the Bucs are going to try and do, I say all of that to ask you this, Jack. Very loaded question here. What do you think the Bucs are going to try and do? I, I think they're going to be stubborn with the run, but I do think they have what it takes to maybe give you some headaches with some creative play calling in the second half. But what are your expectations 
for this Buccaneers offense coming into this game? I mean, it seems like they're going to try to do it. I just don't see them having any success. The interior offensive line for the Buccaneers has been severely downgraded over the past couple of years. And the Lions interior run defense has just excelled over the past couple of weeks. Strong line back and course. So I think they're going to try it, but I just don't think it's going to work that well. I think they're going to have to get away from it and they're going to have to feature Chris, Ev- Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and maybe even some Trey Palmer, some deep shots to him as well. I just don't think they're going to have the success where they can stick with the run game for four quarters. And, you know, what I was saying is th- this is the thing about NFL football, guys. Okay. So Baker Mayfield was a first round draft pick, right? Was he first, first overall pick? Number, yeah, number first one overall. overall. First overall draft pick, right? To where? Cleveland, right? Yep. Okay. So in that situation, He's going to arguably the worst team in football, right? So, I mean, there's probably not a lot of pieces around Baker Mayfield. So then they ask him to do a ton, right? Doesn't do great. They get him out of there. You put Baker Mayfield in Tampa. Baker Mayfield still a number one overall draft pick. So that means... He's a super talented quarterback. You put him on a team where you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got an O-line that's better, you got running backs that are, like, you got a better team around him. When you look at a lot of the great quarterbacks in the history of the game, every now and then you get a guy that goes first overall, like a Peyton Manning, and they they have a great career. Or you get a Eli Manning, Philip River situation. A lot of times you look at guys like the the Drew Breeses. They go later, but they go to better teams. The Russell Wilsons when he was in Seattle. Those guys, the Aaron Rodgers, he goes later in the draft, but he goes to a good team. And those guys don't have to do as much because they got better players around them. That's what we're seeing from Baker Mayfield right now. That I don't think they need him to be the all everything for Tampa. They just need him to handle the game, play well, and get the ball to the guys. And obviously, he's the number one overall draft pick. He can get the ball to where he needs to get the ball. And so I think this is the perfect offense, perfect team, perfect everything, situation. Like, to me, Tampa is kind of like an Oklahoma of college football. Hardcore, physical, tough. Not super flashy. L.A. is probably too flashy for Baker Mayfield. That's not his personality. Tampa is probably his personality. So I think the situation that you guys have with Baker is a good one. Now, how it ends up playing out the rest of the year, I don't know. But I think this is a great situation for Baker, and the Lions will have to do a great job of containing Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and not letting Baker Mayfield run around and hurt them. Yeah, one last thing before we get to our game predictions. You talk about Baker, and, and this was my biggest thing coming into this week, is you know his consistency has, has been the best we've seen it so far You know since Cleveland was a playoff team a couple of years ago. So when the Bucs ultimately won game this season, when they are forced to be one-dimensional and then just start airing the ball out, and I think this could potentially be that week if they find themselves playing from behind and the run defense doesn't do them any favors, 
how consistent can he continue to be? Because a lot of Baker's downfalls, he will admit they were self-inflicted. Uh, he had a stigma with interceptions for a little while and in a lack of stability and a franchise is obviously going to do that. I mean, you know, a change of scenery can be good for some players, but if you're changing teams every three, four months, you know, and, and you go three full calendar years without the entire NFL offseason workout program, that's definitely going to affect you in more ways than one. But I'm just going to be looking for him to continue to be consistent this week. And uh, this may sound like a bold prediction, but I do think if he does have to start throwing the ball, and let's say he throws the ball more than 35 times this game, because 35 has been that magical number for the Bucks. Whenever things go according to plan on offense, normally they have around 100 yards rushing, and Baker throws the ball like 34 times. I think 34 is the number that we have seen. He hasn't gone over 35 just yet. So I, I think if this week is the week for him to go over 35, I expect him to play above a lot of people's expectations. And I say a lot of people's expectations because, you know, a lot of people who are familiar with his game or watch the Bucks every week, they're going to say a lot of better things about him. But as you guys know, the national media had the Bucks as like the second worst team in the NFL coming into this season. So they, they've done a lot of work this first month to change people's minds. But I think Baker, you brought up the talent and the upside that he still has. And, and I'm definitely a believer. I think this week, if he has to air it out, he, he's going to ball out. So, yeah, and I, okay. I I think we we've seen that you know inconsistency in Cleveland you know was an issue for him. Uh, injuries have been an issue, so hopefully he can just stay healthy. And just like Glover said, though, you know you got a full season ahead, so uh, still got a lot of ball left to be played. So hopefully he can keep it up. And but right now, so far, so good. So we'll get into some score predictions here as we wrap it up. I think everyone expecting a physical football game, a somewhat close football game. Jack, you had mentioned you don't really see this thing getting out of hand for either team. And I also think that's the case. I, I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I don't think either team is going to score above 30 points. I think we'll see some defensive highlights, maybe a couple turnovers for one of these defenses. But maybe it's the homer in me. Uh, I think the Lions are a tough team. I think they are one of the toughest teams the Bucks will play this year. And I think if the Lions go on a playoff run this year, it might be longer than the one that the Bucks potentially go on. But I think this week, I think coming off of the bye week, getting some of these guys healthy, having some extra time on your hands. It doesn't always do you uh it doesn't always do you favors, but I think for the Bucks it will this week. And and I see a physical game down to the last quarter. Last team with the ball wins. I think the Bucks come out on top. I'll say 24-21. Yeah, you know, I think when you're looking at this game, um and Jack and Glover, you guys can probably follow me up here after this. But um, I think when you're looking at this game, the Lions are really good. And I, I do think it's going to be a test. Just like you guys said, I don't think either team is going to really run away with this game. I think it's going to be close from start to finish. Uh, I think there's going to be some stressful moments for both fan bases in this game. I, I do expect you know, maybe some highlights from the deep from each defense. I think both defenses are really talented. Uh, and I think both defenses are going to come in with a lot of energy. That being said, uh, I do think right now the Lions are a little bit too hot, and, and I do think they're going to win this game. Uh, I, I think it's a coin flip. When we did our season predictions before the season even started, uh, I thought this game was going to be a coin flip. I think the Bucks are going to come out with a lot of energy. You know, the cream sickles are back. I think the fans are going to be into it. That being said, uh, I do think the Lions take this one probably by a score of 28 to 20. 
So we're split here on the Bucks versus the Lions, but I think it's going to end up with a li- a three to one Lions victory here in terms of our predictions. Obviously, I'm picking the Lions as well. I think it's going to be a physical game. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think early in the game, first and second half or quarter, we're going to see a low scoring affair. But as the game goes on, as the Lions wear down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they will be able to get away pull away it'll be the first game that the lions don't score 35 points this season they've scored 35 in all five of their contests so far this time though i think we are going to see a 24 to 17 type victory for the lions oh wow well i'm obviously going to pick the lines too i'm just going to get that out of the way quickly um but i've been thinking about this a little bit this week And I do think it's going to be a physical game. But I think this is going to be the type of game that the NFL fans and the NFL wants, in my opinion. It's going to be an entertaining game, in my opinion. And what I mean by entertaining, I mean when you're scoring points, but there's enough defense that is entertaining. I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath where it's 14-16, 14-14, 14-10 type of game. I, I don't think it's going to be like that. I, I think I'm not putting it as a, you know, a, a Rams, Chiefs, 54-51-45 type of game. But I can see this being a game where the Lions put up points and Tampa will put up points. I, the thing that scares me about Tampa is having those two big wide receivers, and the Lions generally typically struggle when, like Jack said, when we got to cover two of them, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think they'll be able to get out and and score some points, but I think the Lions will be able to score points as well. So I'm going to go. I think the Lions will get over 30 and get to 38 to – 30, 38, 31 lines. I, I think it would be an entertaining game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 would, that would be quite the game. Yeah, what, 38, I, I, I think it would be a good, entertaining 4 o'clock football game on a Sunday. I like it. I mean, if you get that many points, especially in the creamsicle uniforms, I, I think it will be a lot of cannons firing for sure on Sunday. But, you know, Mike Gut says that th- these, are, these are two teams who have had – I mean, the Lions more so than Tampa Bay, but they've had some success running the ball, and that's part of the style that they use to beat people. So I I feel like we're going to see two offenses maybe come out a little bit stubborn in that first half, and then things will hopefully pick up, and uh, we'll see a lot more points on the board in the second half. But ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's just about going to do it for this week's game preview episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Big thank you and shout out to our special guests, Jack Cavanaugh and NFL vet Glover Quinn from the Believe in Lions podcast for joining us today. Pretty awesome getting to go behind enemy lines and obviously getting a fresh perspective on a team that we've done, tried to do a lot of research on this week. Um, So thank you guys for coming on and, and where can the people find you and your content? You can find us everywhere. You get your podcast at the Believe in Lion po- Lions podcast. You can find me everywhere at Javanaugh87 as well. And you can find Glover all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on all the socials. Type in my name. It should pop up. Instagram, I have all my other handles. I'm on Twitter. Just type in my name. You'll find me. TikTok. Whatever. <laughs> 
they know where to find you now for sure. Last but not least, you can find our show, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter. I, I guess we call it X now, but I still call it Twitter. I don't think I'm ever going to not call it Twitter. At Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S, if you follow me. I will follow you back. Thank you guys once again for hanging out with us live on YouTube today. We will talk to you once again Sunday following the game, win, lose, or draw. We'll be live right here, youtube.com forward slash Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special uh, special guest, Jack Cavanaugh and Glover Quinn. Thank you guys once again. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.